Folks, welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Yes, I am. Folks, this is a art review show. You know, we consume art in order to better learn as artists. We are always eternal students of art, whether that be movies, TV shows, music, video games, eventually, hopefully one day, books as well. We yeah. don't limit ourselves to much. Sculptures, who knows? Oh, let's go to the Nasher. Let's go, go to the Nasher, a very specific yeah, sculpture. Sorry. Very, very museum reference. in Dallas. Thank yeah. you, Mac, for giving Sorry. that sort of clarification. Uh, and folks, this is a show that's critically acclaimed. Uh, we have <laughs> we have many fans out there, big oh, old yeah, great yeah. fans, oh, yeah. right? I mean, let me read you some of those. Oh comments, no, we're right? getting into it now. Of okay, course, let's so, do it. Why not? So, I mean, these people are very, very sweet. So we have from three one six sr quote Art tenders definitely aren't special. Then we also have Nina Gray. You two think you are a lot more informed than you are. And, of course, to close it all out, Yute Watanabe, quote, mid. And, folks, that's and our that's, show. That's, that's our it. show. I mean, that's really, they have, that's like, us. cream of the crop. That's we, us. Uh, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Honest to God. And so, for this week, right, we are reviewing yeah. a wonderful show that's on HBO. It is created by Alec Berg, as well as Bill Hader. And it's starring Bill Hader. It is a, a show. <laughs> it is a show about a hitman who becomes an actor. Mac, you and I are reviewing the very first season of the hit television show Barry. Barry. All right. So this was uh, your selection, it Mac. Was. Uh, let's just get down and dirty let's into get down this and dirty. Uh, mud pie. So. I mean, what, what were your thoughts, right? Because you told me prior to our recording that this is your third time watching it, right? Yes, or at sir. least the first season, right? You watched the first season by yourself. Yep. Then you watched it by, by showing it to your girlfriend. Then you watched it again for this show. You're correct. So yes, I'm, I'm curious. I'm most curious in the juxtaposition between uh, your consumption the first time and your thoughts of it as well as, you know, how – how you feel about it now, I guess. Sure. Uh, I I mean, it's good. I love it. I, I mean, I, I, It's real good. There's, there's a reason that and I – And, folks, thank you for listening. We'll <laughs> catch you next time. Right. Um, roasts, it was good. The end. Uh, no, it was uh, – it, it's always been a show that I've been around, that I've known a lot because it is something that especially a lot of artists watch um, because – I mean – Really, anything about artists or an artist? I feel like particularly theater makers. I think yeah, this sure. is like the, it's well, it's very very know. fulfilling. Think... Well, okay, if I would say it's very very fulfilling to watch it as a theater maker because so much of the first season in particular is the experience of oh I know this person oh shit right. I know this person oh right. my god I went through this in high school. It's very similar to Bojack Horseman in that way. Okay, in how that, so? Uh, in that because it is a um, because it is, sh is a, a show about artists for uh -huh. artists, it's very easy to consume yeah. in that way. It's, but yeah, like you said, specifically actors, especially. Yeah. Um, and and I also want to say that like what makes this joke, uh, excuse me, what makes this show succeed? And I imagine because I, I haven't seen BoJack Horseman yet, but I imagine what makes that show succeed as well is that like it's not like the jokes are just for artists, right? I mean, the jokes are very very good on their own. You and I, we just enjoy it more because we have that entire context right. going into it. We have that whole baggage going into watching this show, right? The show about a hitman who stumbles into an acting class because his target right. is in an acting class, and he finds out that he loves 
being on stage. Yeah. That his dream all of a sudden is to become a theatrical performer, which is like conceptually brilliant. Oh, that's it's great great idea great and, idea, and in some aspects it sort of writes itself but it's yeah. just impeccable i'm so sorry well i feel like especially the season one writes itself and i think what you do after season one is where it gets kind of interesting you can yes. really go a million different ways with it and that and i think they yeah they do um and, and i'm it's excited a, to see what they what honest to god though i will say it is a shame i believe that both you and i have already seen like the next i i'm in the middle of watching season three as it is coming out in present time and we've both seen season two right and i wish one of us like was watching this for the first time me right too. because it's now it's difficult for me to disassociate the first season from the next few seasons because oh, it does it well at least for me and uh, i don't want to get too far into it of course but it does feel like the first season walks so the next few can run Oh, you know? interesting. And so, what do you really... do? You think the first season lacks in comparison? Oh, uh, I think in some aspects, right? In what and aspects? So, so, I think what's really holding up the first season is the concept. Yes, we are back to the age-old conversation yeah, that Mac loves to bring up, which is like concept it riles television. Me up, man. But this is a good example of concept television really succeeding here as Mac dives. For his espresso and like uh, Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible movies, just stealthily and sneakily, just sneaking right it right the, into right your mouth beautifully. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Yep. <laughs> Stop with that. I'm not going to try and spit up espresso all over your couch, Danny. But this is concept television that, like, it's held up well, right? That what's driving a lot of the action in the first season is the fact of... This hitman is trying to be a part of this acting class. I mean, you kind of said it, and I kind of said it. It sort of writes itself. I don't think the plot is too, too complicated. I think where the plot right. succeeds is how situations sort of solve themselves, right? How Barry gets associated with... Um, somebody that he was in the army with and this person he has a buddy that is absolutely insane and the right. absolutely insane buddy wants to get involved in the hits that barry is performing and wants some of that money and so but then barry accidentally leaves a book that he got from ryan madison who was one of the hits that barry was supposed to take out but leaves it at the crazy guy's house or at the apartment and then it's a, it's a whole like web of intricacies right that had to be very 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 finally put together in order for the plot structure to work right but it's nothing too crazy i i mean tell tell me no. if i'm wrong right i don't i don't know i'm not doing a good job explaining it right where i feel like the story hits all the beats that it needs to hit and it's very very good beats right like it's funny as shit as well as occasionally in moments there's there's like emotional rawness that's just yeah. like sort of happening out of nowhere but, right that the show what, does really well but what specifically do you think is there a moment for instance where uh you think it is a overall good example of what makes the first season lack in comparison to the seasons to follow i don't know man i i honest to god i don't i don't know i i and, and part of it too is i think i need to because I didn't have this experience, of course, like the second, or I did not, I did not have it the first time watching the first season, and uh, not so much watching it a second time, but watching it this time for the show, I was holding it much more an example 
you know, in comparison to the other seasons? I'm not entirely sure, honestly, which is not the most exciting answer. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I stink. Oh, I mean, no, it's no, it's fine. I, I, in my opinion, I believe that one of the things that really brings this first season down is that I don't think that they know exactly what's funny about it yet. And I think that they're trying a little too hard in the first couple episodes. By the end, they catch their stride. Yeah. But I think the first couple episodes, a lot of the actors are still trying to figure out what is funny about their character and, and what and what grounds their character as well. Because I think that especially all the people in the acting world that they're talking to yeah. are very over-the-top and caricature-y in a way that kind of distances me from them. I think that makes sense? I think you're we're getting close to the money on this one, right? Yeah. So what makes the first season really stand out are the characters, yeah. right? Where, as opposed to the concept itself, very funny, right? But just sure. by itself. And so what's happening because of that concept, right? The fact that there's a hitman that's in an acting class, not like what's happening in the show. It's not funny situations, yeah. right? And so a lot of the comedy that's being brought up in this show are from other quirky characters, Right. Right. Like Noho Hank played by Anthony Kerrigan. Right. Like a genius. that's that's a very great example. Uh, most of the acting class. Right. Are very quirky individuals that bring a lot of the comedy to this show. It's not exactly the situations that are happening per se. The situations them themselves are not the funniest part. It's how these characters deal or the, the weird characters deal in these situations. Yeah. I think it's it, I think it's a better way to sort of paint what is going on in this first season. Now, is that necessarily the case with the other seasons? I can't remember, so I don't know. But I but I think like in the other seasons, like what happens to characters are funnier than what what is happening to them in the first season. Now that isn't us sort of saying, well, the first season isn't that funny. No, the first season is still hilarious, and I think the characters in it are fantastic. Yeah. And I think it's a really, really strong ensemble, right? You don't – I don't feel like you get to see that too much, right? A show that has, you know, a few stars, a few people that's really carrying the show, and then such a strong ensemble right. to really – push them and propel them to greatness now, right it's it's a treat to see with this I, I i do think though that there is a huge difference between the characters that are um funny in concept and the characters that are uh real in concept because <laughs> the characters that are funny in concept all they the only work they have to do is ground their character and and th like the work is done for them for yeah. instance barry no matter how Bill Hader plays that, it's going to be funny because the concept, just the idea of hitman turned actor is very funny. Right. Right? Noho Hank, right? With this, uh, like, urban, forward-thinking, progressive, like, you know. <laughs> Spunky. Right, right. Spunky and funky uh, Chechen. Right. Practically <laughs> mob. mafia, man. Right. Mob, <laughs> yeah. mob, mob boss. Not boss yet, but um, – that uh, or I guess boss by the end of the season, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that no matter what you do, really is funny by itself. You know what I mean? Gene uh, Cousineau is Cousineau. Cousineau. Is that? Is that? Uh, that's close. That's. I mean, it is. That's splitting hairs. It is incorrect. You said it incorrectly. You're trying to trying to give me points because it's the last <sighs> episode you can think. get on. on yeah, on board. it's the last. Okay. You know what? I think we... I'm so far behind. I'm willing to take this loss. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on in a second. But I think any sort of mispronunciation that the other person yeah. catches, that's a point. That that's a point, a point right. to the penalty right. board, all right? I will, I will. All right, now, Gene um, Cousineau, Gene played Cousineau. by uh, Henry Winkler. 
genius. Uh, yeah, that that is also a funny concept, right? Like the idea of a disgraced actor, a disgraced actor that like the only way that he can find uh, partially money, but the main thing is like he can feel like he is important and that he is actually like worth something in this world is by manufacturing this yeah. facade that is is like whose ego is stroked by these students of his. Right. Th- those concepts are funny, so all the actors have to do is just uh, play the scene honestly, and yeah. it's and, and and it unfolds. And Whereas, so then the and then the script sort of take takes care of them, right? Exactly. Where the script is funny, Ex- exactly. Where they don't have to put like hats on on top of hats. Right. They just let it be funny, yeah. and they play it honestly. And these actors are knocking it out of the park. Right. Whereas there are plenty of characters in the show, and I think that's why they feel a little bit caricature-y at. Yeah the beginning because it's funny dialogue that's exactly that's a big thing it's yeah. funny dialogue and the actors have to be the funny part because the concept is uh, i mean real it's quite tragic yeah. it's just well, normal. And, and a lot of the show is very serious right it's a right. serious show right. at moments right it's well and not just in the aspect not in just the hitman sort of you know side of that coin right right but it's also I think one of my favorite scenes, and not because I enjoy the scene, but because it's just like it, it sends chills down my spine every single time. And it, and it speaks to the success of the show is when um, Sally, right, who is one of the main characters throughout the show, yep. uh, Sally Reed, uh, who is oh, played you. lovingly, of course, by Sarah Goldberg. I got it. I got it, bro. I can pull thank up you. things on my phone. Don't say thank you to me. Why? What? OK, anyways. But uh, first of all, she does an, an incredible job. But. One of my favorite scenes is when she is being hip-pocketed, right, by uh, a prospective agent of hers. And so hip-pocketed. Hip-pocketed. What is that? Uh, Essentially, like, code for, like, he, they've not signed with each other, Uh, right, but he's he's like like, carried on the end of the stick. Got it, yes. And so he says to her, this agent says to her, um, and I'm kind of, you know, paraphrasing here, you know, that gets to a point that I have with my agents where I think to myself and I ask them, do I want to sign them or do I want to f*** them? And there, there's just like five seconds and it's the longest five seconds ever of silence. And it's just feels out of left field because once yeah. again, like a hitman becoming an actor is a very funny concept. And you forget that like what was what's beautiful about the writing of this show, right? A testament to Berg and Hater's writing is that they still treat their characters honestly and seriously when, like, critical things happen to them for the sure, most part, right? Sure. At, least, at least the principal characters. Mm-hmm. And so even though, like, Sally is a very funny character to watch and very funny character just to have her interact with other people in the room and what she does, right? She is <laughs> – she's kind of crazy a little bit, but, you know, yeah. every person is in this show, but it's – also really a nice treat in terms of a storytelling perspective to like have your character go through shit yeah and and it's sort of like it's a moment for the audience right to realize something about themselves or or something about like the emotion of whatever the story is like it's just what i'm trying to say i'm i'm being you know i'm i'm yammering a lot but it's okay it's just a wonderful moment to have in there to take to take it seriously. Yeah, and yeah. it's not a heartfelt moment. It's it's a it's a moment of stress and a moment of like high stakes and and puts 
a character in sort of despair, but but forces them to make choices, right? And so then you right. then it breeds a lot of interesting action that bleeds into uh, other characters throughout the show, yada, yada, yada. It's just really well constructed. I think that this show also falls in a very interesting genre of comedy television because, yeah. I mean, if, if we want to look back at comedy in television history for a moment, sure. um, the, the, the classic comedy, especially American comedy, goes back to um, the straight man and the clown, right? Where is the clown doing insane things and the straight man yep. basically telling you when to laugh? Uh, Neil Simon. Oh, sorry. I just I just pulled out a name. It's the it's most sure. it's the most sports person thing I ever did. We just yell just out names, and we names. just love this entire show. Neil Simon is a playwright, and uh, the play that I was thinking of was The Odd Couple, You're right. which is precisely that: a straight man yeah. and a clown. Yeah, and so and so it's it's the clown doing insane things, and then the straight man basically. I mean. Uh, grounding you a little bit in reality, but the main purpose is they tell you when to laugh, right? Yeah. Because they comment on something, they kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the audience, and there's that that's when you laugh, right? And um, I mean, th this is something still popular today, like uh, in, in The Office, for instance, right? Yeah. All these crazy characters, and then if a Pam or a Jim looks at the camera, they tell you to laugh, right? Yeah. And then you do. Um, and then the, kind of the response to this over time was eventually there became laugh track television, right? Where it wasn't about straight man and clown anymore. It was we can make all these clowns and uh, the audience is told when to laugh not by a straight man but by the laugh track. And so it, it kind of expedited the comedy process. And or the audience that's actually there watching the studio show, which is typically sure. a sitcom. Yeah, but, and, and, but then they had a little sign that sure. says sure. laugh, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, 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 oh, because uh, you know for a fact, like, not all those shows were funny. Like, Girl oh, Meets no. World did not deserve those laugh mean, tracks. Mean but true. Oh, let's be honest. Let's, let's be true. What a bad show. But, but here's the thing, though, is that uh, – Although, and uh, Drew Gooden, who's a YouTuber, is very, very clever, and he does actually a study on this where uh -huh. he talks about um, the uh, jokes per episode, and he, and he, like, marks joke in a very specific definition and whatnot, but he talks about, like, uh, the jokes per episode in uh, a couple different sitcoms and whatnot, and how over time there have gotten more and more jokes in shows. And that doesn't mean they're getting better. It's, they're actually getting worse. It's just there's such a high quantity of them that eventually you're going to get got. You know what I mean? And something will stick. Something will stick, exactly. Yeah. And so they're just like, yeah, they're thrown to the wall. So the the overall, like the average of each joke does not land as well without, without a straight man, but there are a lot more jokes without a straight man. This is falling in a very interesting genre, which I think there's like a couple of shows that are that are coming along with this show right now where it doesn't, have a laugh track and it uh, I think in the first season they try to make Barry a straight man for a while and then eventually they give up on that and they just allow the show to be funny when it's funny I think the critical thing is that each character is capable of becoming a straight man I think that's 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 sure. the thing yeah that makes sense I think and I'm I'm playing I'm playing results. It's all bit. realism enough for them to be straight men. Well, be, yeah, be be straight men when they need to, right? Like, right. and these are still there are moments during the first season that I'm trying to recall with my eyes pointing to the sky of like Barry being the straight man, yeah, of Sally being the straight man, of Gene Cousineau right. being the straight man, right? And like once again, they're still funny characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what makes those principal characters, once again, so interesting is that, like, they can flip-flop between, right? That the fact that Barry is a hitman-turned-actor, uh, or actor-turned-hip, whatever, yeah. uh, that's just funny on its own. Yeah. Or, like, Stephen Root's character, right, Fuchs, uh -huh. is, like, a great clown and a great foil to Barry, but is also super serious, 
at times, right? Like still serious situations for him and occasionally as a straight man in the scene because I think what's so beautiful about the construction of some of these principal characters is that they're still going to go straight at their objective, right? right? The thing that they want, the thing that they need, and nothing is going to stop them. And sometimes like something funny happens on that road, but they're still going to stop at nothing to get their objective. And yeah. so then, then the objective itself is very tangible. It's very real and very grounded that it's nothing, nothing too, too absurd, right? It's not yeah. like people like pulling pranks and that's the objective of the episode sure. or anything like that. I don't know. I, I think, I think it's really interesting to deep dive and I'm still trying to, I think, Audience member, I'm sorry, because I feel like I'm probably flip-flopping between ideas on what to, like, sort of view this show through a certain lens on in terms of how it's constructing its comedy, you know, interplaying itself with its drama. And I just – I'm really impressed by this show, I guess, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I'm still trying to figure that out. So if it seems like I'm bouncing between different takes, I totally am. That, <laughs> it, well, okay. How about this? Okay. Let's stay in. Let's 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 stay in our ballpark. Yeah. All right. What What did you specifically enjoy about the show? What were things that you felt like were successes of the show? What were things that you that while watching the show you thought to yourself that is special that makes this show different from anything else that I've seen? Gosh, um, it's the thing is it's the combination of everything, right? Like oh. it isn't like one particular thing, right? Like, the acting is great. I want it, like, really fast. Gold medal, Henry Winkler, right? It's because, like, Whoa, a lot of these actors, but a lot of these actors are so freaking in their bodies, breathing. Yes. Wonder, it's wonderful to watch. They're listening to each other. They're, they're physically, you can see them physically responding to one another, to the other thing that's being, the, the thing that's being said to them, right? It isn't just bullshit, 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 my line, right? They're actually responding and listening to their respective scene partners and it's just a treat to watch there's that right and then you have just the concept itself it's hilarious then you have these sort of like supporting characters that are hilarious themselves right but then you still have these like really grounded moments during the show it's not like heartfelt moments but it's like it's moments where they're oh my god they're actual stakes they're actual consequences right consequences is the big thing right you don't have a lot of comedy shows where like there are real freaking consequences, right? Yeah. There's a real freaking consequence to the fact that Chris Lucado, right, Barry's friend from the army, right, yeah. was there on the day when, like, they tried to bum rush the Bolivians, right, yeah. the Bolivian mob, right? That – him being there has the consequence of Barry having to kill Chris Lucado, right? Right. And then because of that, that has repercussions and consequences later on, not just in this season as well. Let's just right. keep that in mind, which is a testament to the, you know, the further writing. And once again, I'm playing results. I acknowledge this. Fine. But it's a combination of everything. But I think, you know what? Fine. Gun to my head. There's a gun to my head. Mac, yeah. you tell me to give one answer. I've been yammering for five minutes. All right. Gun to my head. It's the consequences. Yes. Of I love everything. that word. I it's love that word. Consequences. It, uh, and, and I think that it is, uh, it's not only um, the consequences. It is, like you were talking about, the most effective form of writing, uh -huh. in my humble opinion, oh. is, and then this happens. And then this happens. Yeah. And then this happens. And that's in this there's, entire show. 
the, the entire show is, and then this happens. That everything, and, and what that means, and this happens, is that uh, as you are laying out the plot of the show, everything, it's, it's, like, it's like dominoes. It's like everything happens because the last thing happened, and it's not that things are yeah. consequential. It, well, sorry, it, it, it's it's not things are, are coincidental. My bad. Uh, excuse me. Um, and it's it's not that things are uh, just happening at random. It is right. that we see the very first thing happen, and everything happens in relation to it, and it just keeps going. And and that is not only satisfying, but much easier to follow. And on top of that, I think the other thing that makes this show so brilliantly written, and like you were talking about, the consequences is such a big thing. Yeah. And like the, like the wins and losses and whatnot. Excuse me. Is um no. Okay, fine. You excuse me, not Danny. You audience member. Um, the uh, it, it, it's it's the fact that they're so good at cliffhangers, mm. and also whenever a bad moment is bad, it stays bad. Yeah. And that and that dif- makes it different from other comedies, right? Yeah. Is that whenever something bad happens, it's not reset. Next thing, it's not oh, we're saved. It is bad thing happens, and we just stay in the bad. And it almost makes me feel like, and this is going to sound like an insane comparison because it's such a different show. Um, have you ever seen the show Breaking Bad? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Breaking Bad. If you binge, did you binge it or did you just? Uh, ish. I think I binged like the first few seasons, and I think I watched the last season as it was coming out. Right. So if you watch multiple episodes at a time, Breaking Bad. You have this weird physical, visceral experience of getting stressed. The more and more you watch the show, the more stressed you get. And the reason that you keep watching it is not like, oh, I just want to see what happens. It's like I need to yeah. to calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those shows where the you gotta way... find out what happens. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the only way you can stop is by watching the first couple minutes of an episode to get answers from the last episode. And then while they're in the lull, you're like, okay, I need to get out now because I know the cliffhanger is going to keep me. You know what I mean? Um, and. I think in that way Barry kind of succeeds in in that um in that it's just so uh it 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 just hooks you so much on the stress. Every single time something bad happens, it's not just, "Oh, I feel bad for this character." It is, "I am stressed out tr- like following you on this journey of what does this mean for us going forward you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that like for instance whenever barry is forced to kill um the the the, the friend that joins Chris. yeah yes the friend that joins um and and that uh, starts being a hitman with him or that wants to be a hitman with him and then oh taylor yeah no 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 not chris lucata okay uh, the the, the taylor, friend of chris yeah. um the crazy one yes taylor uh whenever he's forced to kill him like that is a stressful moment because the ev- yeah. everything leading up to that is I'm I'm following Barry. You know Barry doesn't kill Taylor, right? Barry, what is whoa, going on? Wait, we watched the same show. No, 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 one second, one second. no there was. Then we're talking uh-huh. about a person. How are we talking about a different? Per- who's the other hitman? Who's no, the other hitman? Um, you said hitman. So no, it's what is going on, Mac? One sec, one sec, one sec. No, we don't have a sec. There was a. Uh, the, the the guy they catch uh, Barry killing on the on the security cam, on the security cam? on the security footage. Yes. Oh, the the like the random Chechen Vacha Vasha at the very beginning. Who are you oh. talking about? It's a what tracking tracking Barry's experience. Oh my god, was is stressful as well as uh, tracking his experience having to kill Janice was super stressful. I agree. I mean, like, your, your larger point still stands. stands. 
But it's, but it's ridiculous detail. how like we watch the same show. Yes, it's how just is your facts so wrong? Uh huh. Well said. All right, Danny. Look, uh, we're gonna start off with this. Um, if you would like to ream me any further for my uh, mishappenings um, with the Vasha mix-up, you absolutely may. Yeah, I really don't know what was going on there. It seemed like you combined three different characters into one, like it, experience. In my mind, it was more of a plot point thing. It was more like it happened at a different point in the series for some reason. I, I really, I had a hard time tracking there personally, but I think the the larger point you were trying to say was accumulation yeah. tracks throughout the show. Absolutely. And what I appreciate about the show as well, as well as like it, it's strict to the narrative through line, right? I'm not going to say there aren't other comedy shows in particular that, you know, that don't do that. Like there are plenty that do for sure. I sure. just appreciate that this one is very, very strict with it. And as I said multiple times earlier, how it walks that line between drama and comedy and not drama in the heartfelt nature. It's drama and the consequences of, oh, no, this shit matters. Oh, no, sure. like actual lives and relationships and human beings are at stake throughout the story. And I think it's just that tightrope, how it's navigated is wonderfully, immaculately well done. I want to introduce a new segment. I would, I'm, I'm excited. So this new segment is what I'm going to call – oh, God, I just stumbled there. Wow, embarrassing. Is what I'm going to call the turning point. Oh. Now, this is a very specific thing, right? And I think what the turning point, at least, you know, let me explain it to you, is was there ever a moment in this series where something happens and immediately you're like, oh, no, the show is for real or like, oh, I'm hooked, right? Oh. Was there a moment that, like, got you? This would have been a very good segment in The Wire. Go ahead. Sure. And so the moment for me in this first season of Barry, and I remember I remember the experience, right? I, I was watching it with my former roommate at the time, and the right after this moment happens, we're like, holy shit. We're like, oh, my God, this show's for real. It's when Barry, Taylor, Vaughn, and Chris are bum-rushing the Bolivians at the, yeah. uh, the airstrip. And then the final shot of episode six, I believe, it's like a couple of a few shots from uh, assault assault rifles uh, are being shot at um, the crew, right? And the, where the camera is placed is sort of like in the back seat of the car, and you hear tw -tw -tw, right, and then all of a sudden, half a second later, the bullets hit the car, get through the windshield. Then Taylor and Vaughn are killed in the front seat. That the car flip, the SUV flips over, and then the episode ends. No music, no nothing. And it's like, holy shit, that was their turning point for me for the show, right? And I think that yeah. was the, the point for me where I'm like, oh, and I think I didn't have, consciously have this experience. And I'm sorry that I keep beating this across the head with you folks. But like, oh my god, wait, things are actually happening in this show, right? Like, yeah. not everything is really put together neatly with the bow, right? There are some things that coincidentally work out really well for Barry, how people consistently do not figure out that it's him that uh, attempted to kill Ryan and was, like, caught on that footage uh, from the lipstick camera, yeah. right? It's, like, X, Y, and Z, right? And so all those coincidental things happen, so you still think, okay, like, even though, like, serious things occasionally happen in this show, there's always levity that sort of, like, kind of immediately follows, right? right? 
But then it was in that moment and having... It was really having the episode end not really with a joke, but in a serious moment where you don't know what's going to happen next. And all of a sudden, the stakes are extremely high for Barry and whoever else lived from there. And we find out it's Chris. That it's like, oh, no. Like, this is a story that simultaneously takes itself super duper seriously. Which is so, which is awesome, right? You yeah. don't get to have that from every show, right? Yeah. You'll keep, you'll have comedies that will have serious moments, but they're like, it doesn't feel like a lot of them have the stakes that Barry has. Yeah. So it's really nice to watch that. It's, I mean, once again, I'm gonna say it again, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. It's the cohesion of all these elements that Barry has that it's really, really well done. And so they do a really good job in the first season, and then they run with it in the next few, as we'll discuss eventually. Run with what specifically? Just the fact that all these all these pieces are working together. They just build way. off of those concepts, right? They yeah, just okay, keep okay, building okay. and building and building. Sure. They don't, like, tear down anything. They just keep going with the story and these characters' lives and how they interact with one another. And just, you were saying earlier, right? It's the dominoes that are sort of, sort of falling right. in effect, right? That That goes on for the next few seasons as well. That's that is the continuous story that happens for these people. Right? Yeah. The fact that all of a sudden now Barry is having a growing dispute with Fuchs, like that's a thing that accumulates, right? Once again, fine, playing results. But I think it's still a treat that like what the first season I will say does really well is that it puts all the foundation there, puts all the building blocks there. And so you can see things that are picked up for later seasons, but the showrunners, right, they give themselves the opportunity to pick up from those things, right? Like, not to commit to anything too hard, right, but just to give themselves the opportunity to, like, some storytelling moments here and there, right? The fact that, for example, Loach uh, is separating from his wife, right? That's a great example that they pick up on more so later on down the line. Like, that's it's little stuff like that that they don't just, like, throw down plot points or throw down, like, aspects of characters for the sake of throwing it down. And sometimes they do, right? Uh, I forgot the character's name, but the guy who has IBS and is trying to tell Barry his story about, <laughs> about IBS yeah. while Barry is trying to hide the money in the bathroom, right? right. It's, like, it's stuff like that. It's, um, sorry, it's just really well done. I, I enjoy this show greatly. I yeah, wouldn't the, say it's one of my favorite shows of all time, but like I'm in awe of it every time I watch it, for sure. Because it exceeds your expectations. Instantly, all the yeah, time. Yeah. All the time. Um, and there's always something new or interesting or fun to like note each time. Uh -huh. And it's not necessarily anything that reinvents the wheel, but shit, that's a sleek-ass wheel. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> um, was there uh, Was there? anything that you you would say um because you're talking about how it's not one of your favorite shows of all time but it's constantly it doesn't you. have to be right, you know? right, right i really love this show but is there a reason you'd say that you feel distance from this show being one of your favorite shows because th th there haven't been a lot of critiques of it so far i'm wondering is it just the fact that it's just not 100 percent your cup of tea but whoever's cup of tea it is it's a pretty damn good looking cup of tea yeah i mean okay. yeah i don't know like I guess, like, here's the thing. I think this is evident of the things that I love the most where there's, like, some, like, emotional heartstrings of mine that are, like, being plucked. And that's not so much 
the case for the show. It still happens here and there. The example that I brought up earlier of the agent telling Sally, there comes a point where do I want to sign them or do I want to f*** them? And then you have Sally breaking down in the car because of course. Yeah. Of course, right? And then you have Barry in total absolute remorse over the fact that he just killed Chris in cold blood and has to deal with it and doesn't know how and is sobbing, right, when when he enters on stage to say, uh, the, the queen, my lord, is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And then I just did perfect iambic pentameter to that all, completely that. on accident, yeah. which is funny. Oh, um, well, I, I felt a special connection to that this time, by the way. Uh, oh, oh um, we'll get into that in a moment, but, like, so it's it's nice to watch emotional moments happen to these characters, but there's nothing emotionally happening, much too much happening to me, right? And it's not like the show really sinks and stays in the in those emotional moments for too long, right? And it's still, like I said, still finds some levity here and there occasionally. It'll be like emotional beats, right? But not not too often an emotional scene. And so there's probably only one emotional scene in this entire show where it's like it's not funny at all throughout the entirety of the scene. And it's the very final scene between Barry and Janice where Barry is forced to kill Janice, right? I can't think of another scene in the show. I lied. It's the scene between him and Chris. Okay. But, like, they're seldom, right? Uh We watch eight episodes, 30 minutes each, about four hours of total, and there's only two scenes that I can think of off the top of my head. That are serious the entire time. Nothing is funny yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's it's but it's not something that like speaks to me in that regard. Um, I would say I that, don't know, man. You have some takes. To tell me your takes. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Ah. Uh the, the the thing that um uh I, I would say my turning point, staying with your segment, right? Um my turning point whenever I realized that this show was a little more serious and I needed to give it a little more uh, attention than I was giving it. Yeah. Um, actually came quite a bit later for me, right? Which was um, in the last episode. Um, it was whenever uh, Hank walks up on um, the all the Chechens that are dead in the garage. Yeah. And seeing the camera linger on him looking at them and at first being horrified and then very slowly switching to like Relief. being proud. Yes. But being proud of Barry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cause yeah. like he looks at them and we sit with his facial expression for a good 30 seconds, just him sitting there staring at them and slowly like starting to like get a huge smile on his face. And then, one of the first things he says is something along the lines of, um, like, Barry, you did yeah. it. Like, yeah. You did it, you know? Um, like, in this almost, like, coy, I think he like, just says Barry. It's like, Barry. <laughs> um, like, with a big old smile. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, felt very Iago. It felt very... Iago from Shakespeare's Othello? Yes. It felt very uh, complex in 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 a dramatic way that I thought was way more um, way more dramatically interesting than uh, I I had really anticipated seen anything else. Yeah, in the show yeah, yeah. Before. Especially for such a clownish character that is. Sure. Oh, Hank. Well, and 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 
kind of like what you're talking about yeah. with the whole we, they pick it up and run with it thing. What I remember and what I have seen in Barry is the uh, the thing they really pick up and run with is um, these uh, this like whole subtext thing, this whole like undercover objective thing where people aren't as on their sleeve about what they want. After season one, yeah. Whenever we get into uh, season two, but and hopefully it continues with season three, yeah. that all the scenes are a lot more interesting because uh, everything is a little more subtextual. Yeah, it's it's not as on the nose. It's a little more fun to watch. I will the dialogue say, like, is easier. A lot of the first season is heavy-handed with in terms of like the information that Barry needs to hear right. because it's it's kind of formulaic that like he hears information in acting class like it's like an acting note but he finds it to be like a note about himself and then he applies it to like his life outside of the acting class and that's right. a thing that's like consistently done throughout the first season that like it stays enough for like just in just that period of time right that it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just in the first season, really, that like that yeah. happens. Well, because I think they realized that uh, can't do that forever. But it's like it's a good jumping off point for the character experience that is Barry. Well, and the show naturally evolves in a way that all. And you know what? I'm I'm not gonna rant. I'm not gonna rant. Okay. But I'm back on. I'm back on my high soapbox? horse in terms of. Is this a soapbox or a high horse? Uh, either really. I'd say more. What soapbox. a boring answer. Okay, thank you. I'd say more soapbox. <laughs> either <laughs> this or that. Gun to my head. <laughs> um, it's uh, it is that if you are going to write concept television, yeah, this is how to do it. How you do it is you you get people hooked with the concept, yeah, but you don't keep it for 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 you don't overstay, yeah. right? So they eventually realize by the end of the first season. That the concept is no longer the reason you want to watch the show. It's the characters. Yep. So let's let go of the concept a little yep. bit. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the concept of, like, you know, Hitman turned actor because that stays. I'm talking about just the, the like you're saying, the formula that they had. The um, Is there a way to have acting lessons, like, um, teach life lessons, right? Right. And that fades eventually, and that's yeah. not what the show is. Uh, and it's, by, and yeah, it's not the, the, the pivotal like, point yeah. in the dialogue of scenes. And I think right? because— For a character to have an experience. Because they let go of that formula, yeah. I think that that is, that, that, that is especially important because that changes the definition or the, um, the role that all of the uh, actors play in the show. Because at first the actors are a little bit on the nose, a little bit cringy because they're all these like characters. It's partially because of the comedy like we were talking about, but also I think because they were heavily a part of that formula. And once they're no longer part of the formula, then their characters have to be interesting as characters, not as like roles in the formula, if that makes sense. Correct. Um, and so I think that that actually gave them a little bit of freedom by the end of the first season to become a little more uh, interesting with their characters. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I want to transition a little bit because okay. we, we're, we're, we're hitting a point. Once again, we keep doing this to ourselves. We talk a lot about the writing, occasionally about the direction. The direction's great. I realize we didn't really discuss it much in the show uh, on this Fair. episode. But we talk a lot about the writing and sort of the overarching what happens, like script textually. We don't talk enough about the acting. I'm going to perform a roll call 
Mac. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you like 10 different actors and their character names. I'd be happy to. And I want you to tell me how you were pleased and or so, more or less, with their respective performances okay. throughout this show, right? So it's very, very simple. I mean, you can you can look through the list by yourself, but I'm going to give you the list. I'm going to give you the actor name as well as the character name, okay? So I'm going to give you – I'm going to give it to you. How does Bill Hader perform Barry? How is that? Uh, stellar. Great. Um, I think that it is tailor-made for him, and that's one of the things that is most helpful, but also it's just uh, – it's his wheelhouse. It's everything that he is comfortable with rolled up into one. Well, how, what are your thoughts on Stephen Root's Fuchs? Um, playful, like you said, very in his body. Uh, I can only imagine that the rehearsals with him prior to shooting are just so as much fun, fun, if not more fun than well, the shooting itself. Because you could tell he's just having fun with the language, right? It's very like Shakespearean actor in that regard of right. just playing with the language and the script and using the language as the action in the scene yeah. to get what he wants. Because that's all that Fuchs has, right? right? Which what makes him an interesting foil to Barry is that how Barry succeeds in a lot of stuff is like through his physical nature, right? Is through being a hitman. Right. But how Fuchs su succeeds is you know talking his way out of situations, right. and so it's nice to have an actor who's successfully and wonderfully playing with language to that also, degree. Not not just language uh, in, in a general sense, but uh, this is this is for everyone at home, okay? Whoa. If you are an audience member listening right now and you have not seen Barry yet, or if you have seen Barry, I don't care, anyone that's listening right now, please, 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 masterclass. Uh, Stephen Root in Barry, specifically season one, but overall Stephen Root in Barry, is a master of operatives. Operatives being the most important word in the sentence that gives the sentence meaning, that gives the sentence life. Please watch Stephen Root in Barry the way that he handles his words so carefully and they mean so much. The way that he handles verbs. Genius. Go ahead. Well, and just allowing the language to do the work. Like he's not – he's not – working too hard right he's not getting into yeah. these crazy emotions or anything like that being super duper zany or getting loud or getting too soft right it's just like once again just letting the language do the work and kind of having the confidence right as the actor as the character of like i'm going to be able to get what i want and let yeah. me slowly with a scalpel figure that out yeah yeah and it's and it's an absolute treat to watch whenever he's on the screen with anybody it's so much fun to watch it it's very very rare that you see an actor in film specifically um that is listening while they're talking does that make sense yeah. i feel like a lot of the times you get shots of people listening while they're yeah people listening while they are uh while they're supposed to be listening which makes total sense and like cutaways sure but i'm talking while the person is talking them constantly scanning to see if it is landing. Yes. Because oftentimes, whenever you're working in film, you are not acting to another person. Uh, there's a lot of times where it's like the shot is on you and you are looking into a blank void of nothingness and you're told where to, where to look. Yeah. Uh, Steven Root, like you said, and Henry Winkler. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, was, I was about to say a different name. Uh, I was about to say Harry. Glad, glad I looked. Um, I know. Uh, and Henry Winkler are both so good at listening to their scene partner, whether they're there or not, while they're speaking. I can see them landing on their scene partner at all times. They're the most – they're definitely the two actors in the show that are the most fun to watch. I would say – I would say In my so. opinion, fine. In my sure. opinion, right. I, I think that 
as in terms of technique, they are off the charts. Master and class. also, you were talking about like the way that Henry Winkler uh, and uh, is in his body, and like the way that he uses his body to listen, as yeah. well as like just his technique is off the charts. Uh, do you want to know why that is? Why? Yale. <laughs> yep, easy as that. Went to Yale. That was it. Moving I mean, on. I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, sure. Uh, there, there's ah, uh, gosh, okay. How do I say this discreetly to the audience? But because now I just alluded to it. Yeah. Let's just say Mac worked with an individual in the past who yes. also went to Yale, uh, who did not have the same caliber as Henry Winkler. Let's. I I said that I pretty think that succinctly. Was good. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave it there. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Goldberg's Sally Reed. The girl oh, played Sally. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, um, like, there's only one. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm trying to prep myself. Prior. Um, she, I think, does an okay job. I was very annoyed with her in the first season, and it's difficult now to like to objectively view her without bias because yeah. I love her so much in the second season. I think she knocks out of the park in the second season. Personally, do you think that's performance or do you think that's writing? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see the second season again. I just remember enjoying her second season and not enjoying her first gotcha. season. So whenever I went back and watched season one again, she was much more bearable this time because I know that I'm going to like her. What was interesting for me is that the first time I watched. Uh, the first season, and, and of course I had this experience, and I think it's important to note that I was single at the time. I fell in love with of Sally. Of course you did. And of course, of course I course did. Of course you did, yeah. Of course I did. And then uh, eventually – Despite all of her cringy actor moments? Yes. Wow. And eventually I grow out of that, right? Yeah. I grow out of, but I'm like, oh, my God, Sally, you know? Right. And But, you know, so that happens. But then the second time I watch it, then the second time this show with my girlfriend – you know, at that time and still at this time. And I was like, why did I feel that way? Well, it's just like things <laughs> that like I was just like oblivious to. Um, but right. I think I, I agree with you here. I think Sarah Goldberg does a really good job with the character and I think does what the character needs to do in this season. Yeah. But I wouldn't say like the character has great you know, sort of grounded moments. Is but one? but yes, yeah. but I would still say for like, I don't know, seventy five percent of the character, it's still like a caricature. Yes, you know, yes. with like tw the twenty five percent being the grounded moments of like reality. But then that seventy five is like weird zaniness that's mm, ish out of pocket, uh, in a way. <laughs> that was the first thing <laughs> yeah. I could think of. Yeah, but no, like that's right, not a right, discredit right. to Sarah Goldberg, and no. I think her character evolves beautifully, and I think how I think she, she evolves best. with the character is beautiful as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, like, this isn't Sally's moment, I think no, is the best way to say that. No, yes, That is a very good way to say it, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts? Just in this season, once again, Anthony Kerrigan's NoHo Hank. Oh, oh, oh. I have a soft spot. I think it's the same thing for me, how I, I feel know. about Sally with this I season. Know. I know. I can tell the way you've talked about him so far. I know. Well, that he I... does a great job, but I'm, but I'm not but like, but his... he isn't my favorite part. Right. You know, he's and, still like a supporting character. But here. Well, I think what was so difficult for me this time around is the fact that, goodness, he just is so good in season two that it's hard for me to look back at season one now and not keep thinking to myself, like, I'm going to fall in love with your character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, talk, get into season two yet, but in season two, I remember him being such a high point for me that it's difficult looking back in season one mm. and not 
seeing a little bit of his work and, well, be, and being in love with it. Then do you recall like how you felt about his work in the first in season, season when you first originally? watched it? When you first watched it? I remember thinking that he was very funny. I loved, uh, like we were talking about the concept of his character. I loved the way that he handled it. I thought that it was uh, very graceful because I think that there's a way of making that character so insane that it's impossible to... Um, care about them if that yeah. makes any sense yeah and i think that he does this really weird thing where uh no matter how much he does and no matter how insane he makes it i still for some reason am willing to to follow him and and to like track his journey if that makes any sense yeah and 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 you would say that kind of like sally it was difficult for you to really Grasp him because he was such a caricature for so much. Yes, one. and more so yeah. than Sally, right? Like, well, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm having trouble thinking of many actual grounded moments of for Noho Hank, Hank in this in this season, uh-huh. right? And so, but it's still a character that's a lot of fun to watch, and he's still really well performed. And once again, another great example of somebody who's really listening, responding to their respective scene partners. Yeah, and but and the key fact about anthony kerrigan here is having a great time while doing it oh having so much fun maximum fun not to say that there aren't other actors having fun but there's something he's having the most fun he's having the most fun (laughs) he's having a freaking blast every time sure every time he opens his mouth and every time he hears anything he's just like i'm here having the best time of my life yeah yeah and but and it's fun because and it shows in his work that's the thing man it shows well and okay I go back and forth on this, right? And, and yeah. I feel like this is uh, this is a problem that I call the Jimmy Fallon problem, right? Which is um, there's a difference between uh, you being confident that the, thing, that the thing that you're saying is going to land and going to be funny, right? And you thinking it's funny in the moment, right? Does it, does it make any sense? No. Okay. So whenever <laughs> Noho Hank is saying his lines, there is a underlying shit eating grin where you can tell that he thinks that he's really funny. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And Jimmy Fallon gets away with this all the time because his whole thing on SNL was that uh, he would break in every single scene he was in. Every yeah. single sketch he was in, he would laugh, and it wasn't out of oh, a the two-minute two minute warning. warning. Um, it wasn't out of uh, him, you know, like actually breaking every time. It was. It became very scientific. He did it for a reason. He did it because whenever he breaks. He implies that what he's doing is very funny. It's almost like having a laugh track. Yeah. It's like it tells the audience this is the funny part. So it's a sort yeah, of right. like elbow like nudge. Yeah. It's from, it, right. And so, and, and that's why it's translated so well to late night for him that he, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it feels like. He enjoys like the that. moment. There's, there's this, there's this, this feeling of, I think I'm very funny. That is actually more charming than douchey in some weird way. Yeah. Uh, Paula Newsom's, uh, performance as Janice, Janice Moss, Moss exactly what it needed to be mm-hmm. as well and like you end up loving the character and the moment that you really fall in love with the character dead <laughs> which was really good I think I think yeah. that they did a very good job of pacing that character yes um, and keeping her grounded in a way because I think they knew that they could make caricatures out of some of these characters in season one because they had such arcs yeah. you know that they did a very good job of getting us to be in with her, then fall in love with her at yeah. such a good pace so that we could let her go. And also key element here, a grounded character that likes to have fun. All right, let's wrap it up. Mac, your final thoughts. Uh, excellent. Very excited for uh, season two of Barry, whenever we uh, record that next. Danny. Uh, I do really love this show. 
it's the first season i would say probably so far it's i think it's the weakest season and i think yeah. it makes me really excited actually moving yes. on from here on out but that isn't to say it's bad the first season it's still great somehow though later on it's just leaks better all right danny Mac. what are we watching or watching, consuming. What, like again consuming. with watching assuming i know that we're gonna i know watch i know something. consuming well because mac we're gonna once listen, again listen we're gonna wake up in timber hearth and we are going to revisit Outer Wilds mm. to play the downloadable content, mm. Echoes of the Eye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. And this is for Nina Gray. <laughs> uh, Danny, this is the end of episode 69. Nice. LOL. Um, but that marks the end of this, uh, this chapter of um this this uh this you know this slew of episodes yeah. that was in this round of our ongoing bet on our ongoing penalty points right right so that means that daniel lavelle you sir next episode it doesn't have to be next episode fine. but sometimes within the next 10 i'm trying for next episode we'll see whenever we can All we right. got to get you in a costume sir Yep, we don't know what yet, we but because what. I received eight points and Mac, right. you received seven, I have more penalty points. Thank you, Mac, for explaining that on the front end. Uh, <laughs> I think I know at this point. What I do you mean, fairly... hey, Just assume that it's always a new audience member. Uh, right, but this is, this is the end of the episode. They know. Okay, so whatever. They watch this tick one in the middle. So oh yeah, and they watch it. They always watch it. They don't. They ne they never listen. Oh, they gonna skip to the last thirty seconds? I don't know, Mac. You tell me. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. Well, anyways. Okay. But Danny, listen. Yeah. Do you have this... anything to say on on your behalf? Uh, maybe maybe some dying words. Maybe some maybe some last words as you're as you're going down. Whoever's idea was to have this penalty point system, idiot. Yeah, well, uh, that was me, Danny. You're a moron. Yeah, yeah damn it! Um, I took your punchline. I'm sorry. I okay. thought I thought you were taking it a different direction, that's so okay, I had to make man, sure that's okay. the punch. Let's, Look, uh, comedy in space, Danny. Comedy's about timing. Can we end you know this? Well, we're done. <laughs>